Hi, everybody. You're listening to the Dark Match Podcast with PCO style, style, la, 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 my way or the highway. Coming to you live from the Ohio Media School Studios, welcome to the Dark Match Podcast. Here's your hosts, Matt Barger and Patrick Carney. Well, welcome back into the studio. Thank you. How was your Thanksgiving? It, it was all right. It was actually very relaxing, very chill. How was your uh, week off? Oh, dude, I had a crazy week. First off, my stomach bug, which I'm not sure whether it was food or what. But then Wednesday, was it Tuesday or Wednesday? I think it was Wednesday. We were at the hospital all night because my neighbor knocked Benny down the steps on the concrete and he got his first concussion. Yeah, your son is two years old. Your neighbor. My younger buck, yeah. Yeah, your younger buck was walking down the steps and for obviously no one knows where you live but there's some uh four concrete stairs yeah four concrete stairs and your neighbor was a little too uh he Rushed. had a poop he had a poop something he had a box too so Ugh, what an idiot and he walked on your son taking him down four steps landing straight on his face yeah Resulting in concussion. Dude, he looked stitches. like he looked like a unicorn. No stitches, but his head looked like a unicorn. Like it literally oh, had Jesus. a point. Jesus. And I was so mad. I, I was fine though. We we made up. Me and the guy made up. He gave me a That's hug. Good. And unfortunately he got hurt too. He hurt his leg. Yeah. So he's like stumbling around. And it was an accident, but I was just mad because it's my baby. You yeah. know, I mean, who wouldn't be mad? I so. I, I don't blame you at all. I mean I, I in my defense, if someone ever did that to my kid, I'd be pretty upset too. Yeah. So I mean, we talked about it. You talked me down. Yeah, I had to talk you off a fucking cliff. That's Dude, for sure. I was so mad. Yeah. And you but, did. You were literally the one that talked me off the cliff. I, I've done that quite a bit for gif, multiple. We had to gif off the cliff. Yes, we did <laughs> quite a bit. That's what always works for me, though. Like my wife and I can literally have conversations about. Like, we could literally have an entire conversation with nothing but gifts. <laughs> yeah, it's And we have, like, our favorite ones. Like, when we're fighting, there is one that I can send to her. It, it, will, literally, it. it will literally end everything. <laughs> it is one gift, and I'll share it with everyone, too. It is, do you, do you ever watch the show on Disney Channel, Even Stevens? Yeah, I remember that show. Do you remember the episode where he was trying out for the wrestling team? He found out he had to wrestle a girl. Yes. My story. Yes, exactly. (laughs) So in response, he decided that he was going to eat so much that he would go up the next weight class. (laughs) And he had a dream where he woke up. He didn't gain anything. But when he looked down, his ass was huge. (laughs) There is this gif of it just has a close-up of his his ass. (laughs) And then it goes up to Shia LaBeouf's face. And he just lets out this, like, horrific scream, screech. <laughs> and that's the gift that I send to her all the time. I don't know why it makes us laugh, but we could literally be at each other's throats all day. I send this gift. It all is forgiven and forgotten. There you go. Cure to marital problems. It, just send that it, gift. Yeah, send that gift. It gets you out of everything. If you're fighting with your old lady, just find the Even Stevens gift, and you'll be good to go. It, it works for me. A hundred percent of the time. A hundred percent of the time, it works tonight. every time. Well, she's Sicilian, so we fight daily. Yeah, you do. But <laughs> <laughs> quite a bit going on in the wrestling world. Yeah, I, a little disappointment. Uh, quite a bit, but getting into something that's a little bit more uh, upbeat. 
We gave him props last week, but surprisingly, we weren't even done. And that goes out to our former guest, Keita Murray. Yeah. He seems to be a constant on this show. Dude. Because of he the hell of a payday that he had. Dude. Because Spotlight. Yeah. Get himself spotlight. out there. So not only did Keita Murray perform on NXT. Yeah, NXT. At Survivor before Series. Takeover. Before TakeOver. He performed at Survivor Series as a medic for Ronda Rousey. Uh, he wasn't on Raw, but he was... On SmackDown. Yeah, and they got a win. They beat a former world champion and the current best in the world. Yeah. All in a span of three days, that's all he accomplished. Contract. Yeah, give him contract. a contract now. <laughs> give him a contract now. Kita needs a contract. Yeah, Hashtag Kita needs a contract. Yeah, Kita to NXT. So congratulations going out to Kita Murray. Yeah, but big weekend a, a for him. A pretty down story. It's unfortunate to talk about because... You don't really want to see anyone be forced into retirement. Yeah. Um, especially someone that we were so excited when we were given an opportunity when he agreed to come on to our show. Yeah. Um, which, who knows, he might still come on our show. I would still love to talk Definitely. to him. Definitely. And still love to pick we his brain. We want to have his story out there. Yeah. And that individual was someone that kind of shocked I can honestly say he shocked the wrestling world when he announced last week that this past Friday night was going to be his last wrestling show ever. And that particular individual, for those individuals that aren't aware, look him up. But that particular individual is Magnum CK, yeah. uh, who is predominantly known in the Cleveland, Ohio area. But surprisingly, there's a large majority of wrestlers, even former guests of ours, one in particular, Effie. Someone on his Instagram page, um, you're not on Instagram, but there's something that you can do where on your story, you can have people ask you questions. And one particular individual, it wasn't myself, someone beat me to it, asked, when are you coming up to Cleveland? And Effie's reply was, I'll come if I can have a match with Magnum CK. I saw that. Yeah. I did see that. So he is well-known throughout the wrestling industry. He's very well-respected throughout the wrestling industry as well. Unfortunately, he's been battling some spinal issues. Yeah, it sucks. Um, He is documented one of the oldest individuals to be diagnosed with spina bifida. Really? Yes. The oldest ever? The oldest for the doctor that diagnosed him. It's normally diagnosed in the womb. This was the first time, and yeah, he is... they checked the baby's spine yes, in the... and they diagnosed him with spina bifida. So he was unfortunately forced to retire. He had his last match on Friday night. Um, and go figure, his final match at the time when it was billed was against our first ever guest. Trey. Trey Lamar and No Consequences. So it was the production versus No Consequences. Well, who won? The production, he retained. Well, it's his last wrestling match ever. What's going on here? Yeah. Well, go figure that a particular topic of conversation on our first episode ever was a particular contest with the Chandler Biggins Invitational Tag Team Tournament, which was won by Weird Worlds. Well, one thing that Weird Worlds was promised was a Money in the Bank opportunity where they could cash in at any point in time. So they cashed in when Magnum CK and the rest of the production ended up retaining their titles, 
cashed in after the match, and they ended up winning. So the new AIW Tag Team Champions is Weird Worlds. So I'm excited to see where it goes from here. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be very interesting, but a hell of a career. We could have an entire episode definitely devoted to our favorite Magnum CK memories, yeah, uh, matches, uh, and all kinds of stuff. We can, we can go down the line all we want. But what is it with the Magnums having bad luck? I mean, think about it. Magnum, Magnum TA, TA, Magnum CK, that's a little scary. Well, there's nothing we can really, It's very coincidental. Not the same thing. I mean, the one was no. an accident, and the other one, spina bifida? Spina bifida, yes. Okay. I didn't so, think I was going to say that right. Well, keep moving along along the lines Thoughts of bad luck. Thoughts and prayers, though, with him, too. Yeah, but he, he's got a lot going for him. Musical yeah. theater. He he's also works at a school as well, if, if memory serves me correctly. So... He's got a lot to fall back on. He's yeah. got a lot to keep him occupied. So the sky's the limit for him, and who knows? It, you never say never. Nope. But moving along to a topic of conversation that's kind of lit up, <laughs> pun intended, the internet world is one of our former guests, Trey Miguel, and two other individuals, one of which being Zachary Wentz and the other... Being from Cleveland, Ohio. Desmond Xavier. They had an awesome... An awesome promo. An awesome promo. That 70s show promo? Yes. It was great. What was wrong with that? Nothing. It was awesome. Why are people upset? I loved it. People smoke weed. It was a job. Everybody smokes weed. Everybody smokes weed. I mean, it's their choice. Yes. And guess what? It was a hilarious angle. Yes. And then the next week, he was all stoned sitting there before the match. Did you see that? Yes. (laughs) It was hilarious. Oh, am I on your team for the turkey (laughs) try? (laughs) It was great, dude. Oh, my God. He rolled in all stoner eyes. (laughs) All right, man, I guess I'm on your team. (laughs) It was great. And then how about the ending of that? Oh, my God. Fun. I cannot (laughs) wait. Cannot wait for this week. Their debut is going to be epic. What about Disco Inferno having to wear the turkey suit? <laughs> How about that? How about the Disco Inferno show? Uh, oh I mean, God. you knew it was only a matter of time. He does a show with Conan, who's also on Impact. Yes. And I love Disco Inferno. I always thought his gimmick was hilarious, and I was always a fan. I know not everybody was, but I like funny gimmicks like that. I'm a goofball. Well, and I think it draws in the... Unfortunately, the society that we live in today. And it tied in with the whole Scarlet, how he was trying to impress her. Yeah. Which was great, too. And, like, she's like, oh, put it on. You look like an idiot. And then walked out. (laughs) And then walked out. It was perfect. Yeah, it was great. And I love how she's getting more and more involved. Yes. I wish they'd let her wrestle. For God's sake, she's a great wrestler. Yes. It's only a matter of time before that happens. I've been talking about it forever. I know. Let her we, fight. Yeah. Let her wrestle. Please. We oh, want no. It. It's going to be on awesome. a bigger scale. She'll it's, get a belt it, quick, I think. Yes. I, I completely agree. She's going to get a title. Do you think Taya's going to end up getting it for a little bit and then her? I, I don't know. But right, We'll see. But moving along to an event that you and I had a conversation about. I was so excited on Sunday. I was, too. Cincinnati, to only Ohio. be disappointed. 35 years from whenever it first started, not 35. Televised. Televised. Yeah. That was the big thing because they had it last year. Yeah, but they didn't televise it. But they other. didn't televise it. Yeah. But the thing was that they were spoiling a large majority of it online and on WWE's page. So I was excited, like, oh, well, I'm going to watch Starcade because I grew up watching Starcade. You know what I did this weekend? I watched because I watched 83 and 84. Oh, man. 
while I was years. going to sleep. I always watch Some wrestling greatest. when I go to sleep. So I fell asleep, and I did see Ric Flair versus Harley Race, and he was so bloody. His hair was so red in the cage yeah, match. Yeah, that was perfect. And he was a, that was a good he, time. He was a, a baby face. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was, like, in the, in the same locker room as Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. It was a little weird. Yeah. But to have it be the first time televised in years. Yeah. To only have four, three matches? Yeah, I wish I had the sound clip right now. But I, I was extremely disappointed in it. I understand why they didn't put some of the other matches on there, but they could have did a lot more with that. Or just don't televise it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just do what you did make, last year. Make that the... the Thanksgiving one? No, because then they'd have to get rid of Survivor yeah. Series. No, do both like they did, but do a three-hour event for both. Just make it an added thing. I think thing. that's too much. I really do. Over, it's just overdoing it because Survivor Series is always in November. What are you going to do? Move Survivor Series to early November and then late November for Starcade? Or just do a SmackDown on one in a row? Oh, you can't because Survivor Series is competing against each other. Yeah, it won't work. Whatever. We no, my it's ideas fine, suck today. Well, <laughs> uh, well, we'll we'll figure that out here coming up on our interview. But before we get to it, one more thing. one more question for you. And I know we've talked about this previously. WWE Universal Championship. Even for people that have fought for the title, do you feel that there's a WWE Universal Championship curse, Matt? Yeah, I do think it's a curse, totally. I I mean, I don't know why. Is it because it's red? I don't know. I think Did it's just Did Babe Ruth have it at one time, and then he put a curse on it? Mm. I just think if you look at it, so we start off with Finn Balor. He wins it. He has to relinquish it. Yep. Immediately. Kevin Owens wins it. Loses it in, what, 14 seconds? Yep. Loses it to a part-timer. The part-timer loses it to a part-timer. The part-timer loses it to someone that then has to relinquish the title. Yep. Only to lose it to a part-timer. A freaking part-timer all the time. Yeah. I, I don't get it. And even people that have fought for it. You got Braun Strowman. He's out with injury. Supposedly. I don't know if it's storyline or not. Uh, who knows? I mean, they said, will he be back in time to fight him? So I, they said he smashed his elbow or something. I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I'm sure it's part of the story. It's got to be. I, I want your opinion. So all of our listeners out there, I want your opinion. Do you feel that there's a WWE Universal Championship curse? Shoot us a message. Let us know. Yeah. Tweet us back. Let us know as well. But we have an extremely... Extremely exciting interview today. Awesome. I, I I can't premise it any more than than saying that this was by far the most fun that we've had in an interview since starting the show. Laughing speaking of which, tears. speaking of which, happy six month show anniversary. Yes, my friend. dude. I know. Six months. Six months. Love that, you, buddy. I love you too. I hate you at times, but I love <laughs> you at the same point. But. We hope you guys are enjoying it. That's we, what we're doing it for because we want to talk about wrestling and we want you guys to hear us talk about it. Which I'm surprised that people actually give a shit about our opinions. Yes, yes. It's great to hear. but We give a shit about yours too, so tell us. Yeah, we want to hear what you guys have to say, but I think you guys want to hear what this guy has to say a little bit more. So yeah. let's get into it right now. I feel like I can't give a proper introduction, but I'm going to give it my best. So you it. can shun me later. But at this time, we have the current IWC Tag Team Champion. Two-time. Two-time. IWC Rookie of the Year. Ladies and gentlemen, our guest here today, please welcome on the one, the only, 
Jackson Argos. So getting right into it, this is a episode that I can honestly say is months in the making, just with the harassment that I have put you through, and I apologize for that. I, I ah, persistence, persistence, persistence. Pays yes, off. exactly. I reached out to you on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. The fact that we're not blocked by now <laughs> it says no, a lot. <laughs> I, the thing is, I always feel bad about that. I get so many messages on all, and I'm not even trying to sound like a like a big star here, but like I get a lot of spam messages, and it's constant. Like they all because you guys start off very proper and very professional, so. It sucks because that's how you have to start. But every spam message that I get starts the same way. So if I see an account that I'm not used to that starts with hello or hey, it usually leads into like, do you want to buy followers or we're having a discount sale on this. So I get so many of those that I'm like, oh, my God. And then sometimes I open them and go, oh, I'll totally remember to answer this later. And then a month passes and I go, I never went back and answered that. So. I apologize for my inconsistency with answering my messages. I'm just as guilty of it as everyone else is. No, you're fine because, like, you continuously (laughs) replied back numerous times. You're like, hey, I'm sorry. I meant to reply back to this, but I I just got so busy. And Uh obviously with all the messages that I'm getting, it got buried within stuff. So I have to applaud you because you've always circled back to it. And I always try to, and I find with wrestling it's, like, the first time that I've ever – been involved in something where you can actually just say i forgot and people just get it you know yeah a lot of times i tell if it's a family member and they tell you to answer a text and you forget an hour later they're going to crucify you and it's like oh i just forgot and then you get the whole what do you mean you just forgot and it's like (laughs) i i mean what i said i just forgot it's like, I have CTE. So, like, what What do you expect? Yeah, what do you expect? It dropped in my head for a living. What do you want me to do? <laughs> <laughs> well, for those individuals that don't know who you are, you are Jackson Argus. You are the two-time Rookie of the Year. You are a member of Team Storm that, for those individuals, like we premised on last week's episode as well, you are a part of Are we of a, recording now? Are we live? Is this live? We are now? live. We are live, live on the now. air. It is okay, live. I was waiting for the segue. God. Three, I'm sorry. Two, one. one. We're live. Yeah. We're live. You don't, uh, you don't say two or one. Oh, uh, sh- we well, not seen Wayne's World, or we not well, know this. Only if you're in person, you do. But you're not here, so you wouldn't oh. have known I said two or one. You would have thought well, that the call got disconnected. Well, you know, I would have <laughs> kept talking anyway. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> yeah. You are the two-time rookie of the year. You are a part of an organization premise on last week's episode that. I can I can't give enough praise to this organization with everything that Justin Plummer and all of the performers there, and we'll get into them that are doing. Not only is it in the product itself, but also the promos, the videos, the quality of everything. Blah blah blah. We can continue talking about it, or we can get to the reason why we're all here. We have on Jackson Argus. How are you doing today? Jackson Argus is doing fantastic. I'm still a Remix Pro Tag Team Champion, IWC Tag Team Champion, and the first and only ever IWC two-time Rookie of the Year. I mean, why wouldn't I be fantastic right now? I, I think you took the words right out of my mouth, and you got the two trophies to prove it as well, walking around yes. looking like Owen Hart with the Slammy Awards. The only difference, you actually won them. Well, of course I won them. I get criticized for this all the time. I'm always asking for the legitimacy of this, and I always have to defend myself. It's like, hello, the hardware speaks for itself. Exactly. But 
I, I think we have to go to another point that I have to give you props for. Now, when most people win something, whether it be a title or a promotion or a marriage, they go on vacation with their loving spouse, whoever it may be. They, they do a getaway. You took your title on a vacation, and you documented the whole experience. You even crashed. You even crashed a wedding, I as did. well. That's badass. That yeah. I, I mean, that puts you in the front of the line for three-time rookie of the year, if you ask Clearly, me. Clearly, I mean, yeah. Who, who else is gonna take their title on a vacation, sit at the edge of a beach, and just just bask in your own glory? To be fair, I really deserve that. I mean. I needed the salt water to feel, you know, heal my wounds. I needed, I needed some time away for a little bit, and it was worth celebrating. I mean, we had a celebration within White Oak for IWC, and it just didn't feel like enough. Um, unfortunately, I couldn't talk RC and Jack into going with me. Something about a hurricane going, I don't know. They were, they were a little fearful, and I understand that. So I, I made the trip. I drove through the night, and I made it, and it was one of the best couple of days I spent and then I had to come home and do more work can't rest forever but it was fantastic I had I think actually I've noticed my championships are brighter I think they soaked in enough sun that they got shinier while I was there with them or it could have been the salt water too like just something like that yeah, kind of just clearing it up yep it yeah, was like a, a nice little finish on top of everything <laughs> of course <laughs> Just kind of getting back into it, for those individuals that don't know too much about you, don't go to Cage Match because you're not <laughs> billed from where it tells you. More importantly, the timeline on Cage Match doesn't match up to your actual persona whatsoever, whether it be your experience, how long you've been in the industry, or anything. So going back to our original point that we premised on numerous episodes previously, do not believe everything that you read on the Internet to be gospel. So to set the record straight, and that's exactly why you're here today, Okay. Let's kind of take a couple steps back. First and foremost, one thing that's on there is your place of residence and where you grew up, and we know that's not accurate whatsoever. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Where'd you grow up? Absolutely. Well, first of all, kudos to Cage Match for the information they have collected. They they, they have a lot of information about matches that I've wondered if people were in attendance, if they knew it when I first started. And, and there's a lot of information. I'm a very mysterious person when it comes to my personal life, so... I can understand why some people don't have all of the information. However, to set the record straight, I grew up in Wheeling, West Virginia. And I believe they had me built from Ohio, which I understand. I've spent a lot of time winning championships. and my, my very first championship was in the state of Ohio, so I can understand that. My first tag team championship was in Ohio, so I, I understand that. I have nothing but love for all the great things I've done in Ohio. But I, I am from West Virginia. I celebrated my birthday in Wheeling, West Virginia at the Wheeling Island Casino. Unfortunately, I had to deal with Jerry Lawler crashing my party for the night, but that's a different story. But yes, I, I, I began my career uh, July 23rd, 2016. So we're looking at a, uh, you know a two years and some change on my experience level, but it's been two years and some change of just amazing fantasticness, if I do say so myself. And we would agree. Stamp of approval. Fantastic. Yep. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. You're very welcome. So, so you said you started in 2016. How many matches did you fight in your first year? I honestly lost track. Uh, I started the track, but I had a couple. I had a couple days where I wrestled eight, eight or nine in one day. Um, it got to a point where I started losing track, but it was a lot. I mean, my my very first match. I, I, I love this story. Was 
it's it's Friday, the very last day of class with Lance, and he walks up to me and he says, you know, good luck, get out there and find some work. And I said, well, Lance, my first match is actually tomorrow. And I was booked in Calgary before I was done training. So my first match was less than 24 hours before training was even over. So it, it was really a, a get going as soon as I could kind of thing. So I've lost track exactly how many, but I mean, it's, it, it's up there. I mean, my first year, it, it was constant. I was wrestling, like I said, in, in Calgary. I wrestled in West Virginia and Ohio and PA. I was traveling to New Jersey. I was, tra- I, mean, I was making as many trips as I can. But it, was, it still doesn't feel like it was enough. I still think I needed to be out there more. I still feel I need to be out there more now. I feel that there's never enough. I feel like I should be on every single poster, on every single card, on every single event. And that's a great mindset to have. Most people, when they're in wrestling school, they're getting close to graduation. They're looking at it, okay, well, what can you do for me? They're looking at those individuals to set those boundaries for them and set those events and get them booked. Here you are. He's like, okay, well, here you go. Oh, no, like I've already got to take care of. I'm wrestling tomorrow night. Yeah, the brass ring's already up there. Yeah, yeah, like I, I'm already here. Like I've already taken it upon myself to get those bookings, and here you are, and you're in a position right now where you don't feel like you're doing enough. You want to be everywhere. So it, just being in it two years and pretty much telling yourself, no, I want to do more. I want to keep going. You're not complacent. You know what you want out of this venture, and you're going and getting it. But before we get to what led you to Lance Storm's wrestling school. Oh, you which, ruined it. How did I ruin it? Because I wanted to be serious for one second. Oh, my God. And ask Every him. Every single time. If Team Storm was because of him going to Storm's Academy. Yes. I know, but I just wanted to ask that. And you totally ruined it. So now I can't be serious at all now. Way okay. to go. Go be less serious in the corner. So <laughs> taking a couple steps back before we get to the origination of Team Storm and Lance Storm's wrestling school, what was wrestling like growing up? Was it something that was predominantly available in your household? Was it something that it was constantly on your TV? Or did, was it just something that you just kind of fell into? I kind of fell into it because of my father. I, I walked into the living room, and I thought he was watching boxing, and he was watching Monday Nitro. And I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what was going on. I was, I was, I want to say seven or eight years old and I just got sucked right into it. And then I, my, my older brother and his friends would come over on Mondays and they wanted to watch raw. So there was a lot of fighting between which channel to watch the one TV that we had. And I got sucked in from there. And ever since that day I have followed, I have been a fan now also still a fan, but mainly a fan of myself, but it's, it's been a part of my life ever since I was just a young little whippersnapper. Now, during those times where you had your dad that was watching Monday Night Nitro, your friends that were watching Monday Night Raw, which side? Because we all know back in the Attitude Era, you Pick had a side. side. You, had a to, side. you had to have a side. You couldn't just be a wrestling fan. It's like, no, like you can't like everything. Are you WWE, WWF, or are you WCW? Or ECW. There I, were those... I think that was that was like you could everyone pretty much saw that and they're like okay we'll give you a pass on that. Well, but... there was like that select ECW group though that were like the hardcores. Like well, there there were, but Stella. like everyone would understand like hey you could watch this okay. like if that, you could get cool. the channel you're watching ECW. Yeah, exactly. If it came through clear and it well, wasn't static. Well, I didn't staticky. care if it came through clear. I still watched it. <laughs> it was fuzzy. It never came in clear. It was the channel. No, it was, it was on. terrible. But, but still... which side did you see yourself taking? At that point in time, I was a Nitro kid. I was 
very, very engulfed in Dean Malenko and Chris Jericho. That was what sucked me in and kept me focused. And I had to watch. I had to know. And if I missed it, I would lose my mind on my family. And I switched over after a while. It just kind of happened organically. My father and I watched Mick Foley win his first world title. And from that point on, that's what I wanted to follow. It sounds very cliche, given that's what shifted the ratings. But that is what caused the shift in our household to focus mainly on Raw. And WCW told you it was coming. They, yeah. jam- they well, screwed themselves that day. And Bischoff even fantastic. says. What's great about that is I did not know that. I, I don't know why or I don't remember. I was, I was young. It was years ago. But we didn't know. We either turned the TV on late or we missed that por- portion of it or what. Nobody in our household knew. Wow. My father, my father got the phone call from a friend of his. Uh, I, I remember this. He walked into the hallway and answered the phone and came back in and said, change the channel. And we all looked at him like he was nuts. And he said, change the channel. And we all kind of, you know, we agree. I mean, it's my dad. It's his house. It's his TV. So we changed the channel and, and we're all kind of like, I wonder why dad wants us to change it. You know, he's, he's very adamant that we need to change the channel. And then when it happened, the house exploded. None of us knew. It was great. It, it was life before spoilers. It was fantastic. So That's pretty cool. Now, see, I always liked how later in Nitro's years, they started doing like, well, see, I was a little bit older than you. So I was in my teenage a, a, a years. A lot older? Well, yeah, like 99, I was 18. So yeah, I could stay up late. I could stay up late and watch the late Nitro and watch the Raw if I had it available to me which I always liked that because that was the smartest thing that Nitro could do because then you could watch both shows. You watch Raw, and then you watch the replay of Nitro. Yeah, and sure. along the lines of smart, I mean, your grades kind of reflected in that too. Well, yeah, you know. <laughs> but other than, other than Dean Malenko and Chris Jericho, who kind of gravitate, who did you kind of gravitate towards? Who were your favorite wrestlers among that time frame? Mortis. Big fan of Mortis as a child. <laughs> And everyone loves to laugh at that. But I was sucked into the character. I was sucked into everything. I wish I could get in the ring with Mortis today. That's just one name that you really don't hear too often. So I think that's one of the reasons why, because you kind of premise Dean Malenko, Chris Jericho, and you would kind of expect you to go towards, for example, like a Perry Saturn or an Eddie Guerrero. And Mortis is the character that you go with. But... I, I loved his work with Raven too when he was when he was known as Canyon. Dude, he was a great wrestler. He was too. One of the ones we lost way too early, unfortunately. No, he, I, he had. I mean, absolutely. he had a, the sky was a limit for him when he got the WWE. I thought, mm. and then with the who better than Canyon exactly. character? Yeah, who better than Canyon? That was a great entrance. He was the MVP. Come on. Yes. Oh. Agreed. We could have an entire show about Canyon and oh, everything that it could have been. But a lot of wrestlers, we could do that, unfortunately. Well, we could do an entire episode. Yeah, you're not even joking there. But moving on from there, so you were brought into it around the time of 1999. Mankind wins the WWE Championship with one of the largest pops that mostly every wrestling fan can remember that moment when it, when Mankind won the WWF Championship. DX holding them up in the oh, air. Oh, yeah. Like, I remember going completely... Hey, it, it's adult friendly. It, it's adult content, so I'm just gonna speak freely. I remember going ape shit in my household. It was like 10:55 at night. You're watching badass Billy Gunn take out Ken Shamrock. It's like, where's this going from here? 
and you hear the glass shatter. Yeah. Holy shit. Like, I literally marked out, and that was the first time I ever got grounded for watching wrestling. <laughs> and it escalated from there. So multiple times getting grounded. I, I was not allowed to watch wrestling growing up. It was frowned upon. It was, uh, like, forbidden in our household. I always found a way how to do it, but I always got grounded for watching it. But that was, like, my first markout moment. So but this is your rebellion to your parents now? You have a wrestling podcast. I don't even talk to my parents. So well, I'm just saying. Yeah. So send them every episode. I could. <laughs> I'll send them, like, I'll get, like, a fake Slammy Award, and I'll send it to them. <laughs> like a picture with me with a Slammy Award or something. But what kind of led you to the path that you went down? It, obviously, that kind of drawed you. It, it kind of drew you in and made you the fan that you are today. But leading into later on in life, because 99, I don't want to assume anything, but you, you kind of come off as a younger guy, and you probably had to put up with a horrible time in wrestling. Let, let's face it, the ruthless aggression area wasn't for everybody. But what kind of led you into deciding, this is what I want to do with my life? Like, what was that moment that, whether it was something in person or something you saw on TV that said, you know what, no, I want to do this? Well, I had been an athlete my whole life. I was a football player, basketball, track, hockey. I had done it all. And I just got to a point where in my life I was kind of skewing away from athletics. I was working out less because it's hard to work out without a goal. It was very difficult for me to hit the gym hard when it was like, what am I doing this for? Like other than just not being a fat turd, uh, which is what I became. And I, I was sitting and I was thinking to myself what I wanted to do. And I just felt like I had accomplished a lot in my life and I was bored. I was stifled creatively. And I thought, this is what I want to do. And, and the fun story not a lot of people know is I had applied to Lance's Academy, been accepted, and then didn't go. And I, I couldn't afford it. I couldn't, at the time, justify going. And then a couple of years had passed. And I, I kept dwelling, it kept sitting, it kept sitting that I had that chance and didn't take it. And finally, one day I looked at myself in the mirror. I was 245 pounds, which is a lot heavier than I am now. I was not doing anything to challenge myself. And I said, I'm going to look at his website and see what's going on. And I saw on his website that he had a student drop out and he had one spot open. He would take the next applicant that was interested. I emailed Lance and his response was... I apologize, you're too late, the spot's been filled. And I sunk back into myself, I, I got very upset, I was angry, and then two days later, after I had dropped all my money on purchasing a new car, my first vehicle, I emptied my bank accounts, I was flat broke because I wanted to have my own vehicle. He emails me again and says, someone else dropped out, the spot's yours if you want it. And I looked in the mirror and said, great. How am I going to make this happen now that I'm completely broke? And I put together fundraiser after fundraiser. I, I, I cashed out every penny that I had in the coin star. I put every penny that I had together and I went to my family and I said, I'm leaving the country in three weeks. I'm moving to Calgary. And they all just kind of looked at me and I, I was expecting more of a, a shock and more of a surprise. But as soon as I told them where I was going, they all looked at me and just kind of said, well, that makes sense. And that, they knew where I was going. That's awesome that you had their support and that they were going to back you. Because a lot of times families might go, are you crazy? Like you're going to, one, move out of the country. Two, you're going to go be a pro wrestler. 
Well, I have a, I have a long history of just doing things on a whim. Uh, I'm someone that my family knows when I get to a point where I need a new challenger, I, I what's going to happen? What, like, what jobs are you going to switch to? What's, you know, and, and at that point it was just kind of like after years of that, when I said, this is what I'm doing, no one's going to get in front of me and say, don't, no one's going to get in front of me and say, like, think this through. They know I've made up my mind. I'm going and they just either have to get on board or get out of the way. And they're very, they've been very supportive while I was there and they're still supportive now. So, Again, it's just something when I say I'm going to do something, I, I have to go do it. I don't even vocalize an idea unless I'm going to carry through with it. So that's kind of how that happened. And I drove, I believe it was 49 hours across the country to get there. Um, not, I would say pretty much my entire class flew. Uh, there were one or two that drove that were from Canada. But it was one of those I explained my story to Lance on how I just bought the car. So I said, well, I'm not going to live in Calgary and pay for this car and not have it. So I stubbornly drove 49 hours across the country there and back. And here we are today. And I still use that same car. You, you drive 40 plus hours to go all the way up to Canada to go train. Now, you had mentioned that at the time you were 240 plus pounds. Now, yes. And unless the picture's adding a few pounds. I would honestly say that you're not 240 pounds Like a anymore. buck 80? I would say probably about a buck 80 from your pictures. But what I, was... I float around 185, 190. Okay, but still, that that's a pretty huge drop. You were in a position where you were looking at yourself, you're probably, with how athletic you were and everything that you were doing, you were playing football, you were playing basketball, you were playing hockey, track, and field. You, you were probably physically fit back in the day, and now to be out of shape and then decide I'm going to drive 40 hours to a wrestling school, was that your biggest challenge, just kind of adjusting to essentially this new weight that you had on and then getting back into the fit position that you are now? What steps did you take, even for some individuals that are struggling with those today, to find out what works for them to lose that kind of weight? What kind of advice can you give? Because to be honest, when you told us that, we kind of just both looked at each other like, wow, we didn't. I was like, wow, he looks like he's my size. Yeah, like you're tiny, yeah. Yeah. Well, not tiny, but... Not 245. Not 245. No, well, what happened was a lot of it was just blatant negligence on my diet. And it was working out uh, at the time enough to feel in shape, but not actually be in shape. And by the time wrestling started, it was time to start tracking what I ate and uh, downloading apps to see what I was actually intaking into my body, getting a better idea of what I needed to do to work out as opposed to when I played football, my, my workout routine was I was an offensive lineman. So it was eat whatever the hell I want and just push things. So I didn't really have much of a work on your whole body mindset. When I got to Calgary, fortunately, a lot of the people that I was training with were more than happy to lend me some information and, and lend some advice. I, I will give it. Toby Clements was a guy trained in the UK, came to Lance's Academy, was 18 years old, gave me a ton of working out advice. Uh, Sloan is someone who still wrestles uh, in, the, in the women's scene up in, in uh, Canada. She gave me a lot of dietary advice. Lance gave us a lot of advice. There were a lot of people that helped me once I got there. And by the time I left, when I left Calgary, I was 179 pounds. And wow. It was my day consisted of I woke up, I ate breakfast, I was in, you know, at the ring. When I got back from the ring, I would run a 5K every single day. Then I went and lifted. I came home, I watched tape, and I went to bed. You know, there was no 
junk food at my disposal like I had at home. There was no lounging around. It was completely changing everything that I did. It became a day-to-day job. And that's what I think my favorite thing about training at Lance's was you genuinely got the idea of what it feels like to have this as your job day-to-day. To start and end every day with the mindset of ring time, workout time, lifting, tape bed. That was my day. And on the weekends, I was going to, to events around the area and helping with ring crew and helping whatever I could and listening in on, on guys and whatever I could. So the best advice I can give to anyone is obvious, the obvious stuff. It's, it's, it sounds, I don't mean to sound narcissistic, but the best advice I can give you is the advice everyone's already giving you. Because all the advice that I got once I got there was stuff I'd heard a million times and just ignored from laziness or thinking I already knew what I was doing was right. Chart what you're eating. And not that I'm the greatest example in the world here, but I track what I eat. I, I track what kind of exercises I'm doing, all, all that stuff. It, it was extremely beneficial. And the only downfall was everything I, I had packed to wear when I drove home was huge. I, I wasn't going to waste money on new clothes, but I'm driving home and I look like uh, the kid at the end of the movie Big after Tom Hanks is, you know, uh, dropped back into being a kid. <laughs> well, he's walking down maybe, the street. Just like yeah, this. maybe an, an outdated reference to most of our audience. That's a great movie. No, that's not that is a great movie. I saw that in the theater. But, Hashtag Matt is old as shit. Yes. I'm surprised you remember that you saw it in theaters. Hey, you know, it was that was that a damn movie. good movie. That was a great movie. No, that, that was a great reference. If it goes over anyone's head, go Ren Big. Yeah. Or Tom Hanks sent us the uh, royalties yeah, for it. Make sure. <laughs> You're welcome, Tom Hanks. Yeah. Thank you, Tom Hanks. Oh, make man. our checks payable to cash. Yes. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, so you said your, your wow, day. Wow, what a transition there. Your day. <gasps> Sorry. Your day would start off, you'd work out. Just kind of give us like a rundown of what one day at Lance's Academy would be like for people to understand. Because it, it, everyone just thinks like you go in there, uh, you yeah. wrestle, and that's it. Yeah. Like he just, he, no. no, that's not it at all. No, you, you show up, <clears throat> you shut your mouth, and you listen. And, and contrary to popular belief, there are days and times where I'm able to do that. And you sit and you listen. And, and, there's a lot of, you know, strenuous cardio. There's all kinds of stuff you do to get ready. You, you learn the basics, how to protect yourself, how to be aggressive, how different, everything you can think of. I, I honestly, I, I sound like a walking infomercial, but it blows my mind looking back at how Lance is able to condense as much as he does into three, roughly three and a half months. And your day to day, you're getting there. You're, you're warming up. You're getting every speech that you can possibly need starting out. You're, you're able to start – once you get to a point where you're able to, to um, have matches with each other, they're filmed. You're watching them back. with You're getting instant feedback. You're getting instant – everyone sit around, look at the TV. We're all going to watch all of this together. I'm giving everyone notes. So you leave every single day with don't do this tomorrow. Keep doing this the rest of the way. And it's instant, instant, instant ideas and instant, um, you know, I don't don't want to say criticism. It sounds harsh, but yes, Lance is very harsh. And that's the thing in in such a great way. I'm someone that needs to be yelled at and needs to be told you're wrong. This is bad. This is dumb. And I I don't think I ever once heard Lance yell. He yells with his eyes. And it's, it's, it's so hard to explain unless you've had it done to you. 
And, and it, it truly is a day of wake up and be ready. You cannot show up to, to train with Lance with, with a half-ass mentality. We're, we're all go from start to finish. And, and it truly, at the end of every single day, you, you are so tired in such a great way. You don't feel tired because you just did things. You feel tired because you've accomplished a lot throughout the day. I went, I went to bed every single night and was out cold within seconds of shutting my eyes. It was, I love that. Some people don't like going to bed with the feeling of, oh my God, I only have this many hours of sleep. But I woke up every single day, whether I was rested or not, I probably wasn't getting enough rest, but I was trying my best. I woke up every single day knowing I have to have energy today. I, I used to, I still do. I keep a bottle of caffeine pills in my bag just in case um, because my diet doesn't allow me to chug coffee as much as I would like. So your day to day is wake up and be focused and be ready because every day is different. You know, there's no, you never went there going, well, I guess we're doing this today or I guess we're doing that tomorrow. Every day was something different. Every day was, now we're going to do this. Now we're going to try that. And it was so great. Again, I don't want to sit and say I learned everything in three months because you can't do that. You can always get more, but it still blows my mind. I have my notebook from when I was there and I took notes. I look back at it and it's like, I'm five or six pages in and I'm like, oh, that was one day. Yeah, and that's, cannot give Lance enough praise. Well, I don't think anybody can no, because he's, he's an amazing, well, he was a great wrestler. And from what you see with the people that he's got that are now in these promotions, like yourself and Gersinder Singh, he's obviously a, a great teacher, too. Yeah, and that's one of the things that is continuous that we hear from individuals that have attended Lance's wrestling school. Yep. He's one of those individuals. He, he doesn't sugarcoat anything. Now, there's no. some wrestling schools that are out there, and it's unfortunate to say, and unfortunately, they exist. Where they just take your money. Oh, yeah, I'm going to get you booked. Like, yeah, I'm working something. Hey, something fell through. Okay, well, do you have this month's tuition? Here's the and hot just, dog. Yeah, <laughs> like, and just continuing on from there. And they just take your money, take your money, take your money. And they're not doing anything for you. Lance, he, from the stories that we've heard, he's someone that he'll walk right up to you. Look, you don't got what it takes. You're not, right. you're not improving. You're not doing what I've asked you to do. You're not taking notes. You're not taking part. Here's You're your not money taking back. This seriously? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, yeah. It, no, not to be joking. Like, you yeah. just, you're not no, taking you're, it seriously. The, this so. isn't you. You don't have the passion that you said that you did. And here's your money back. Go home. And that's uh-huh. one of the things that he's revered for. Is he's not someone that is just in it for the money. Now, no, yes, the money's the a, a great thing to have, but he's not in the business of taking someone's money just to take their money. He's in it for the no. business. Yeah. And he has huge passion for the business. It's still one of the most respected gentlemen in the business for many reasons. Yep. But more importantly, I, I, we've heard from numerous individuals that he's never, uh, and just kind of taking your words, he's not someone that really yells. But you get no. that look from Lance, you would have wished, like, <laughs> dude, just hit me already. <laughs> right. So, it, And then that was like, there were times where I know he wanted to yell at me. And there were times where we had fun, believe it or not. There were plenty of times we had a lot of fun with Lance. I drove him absolutely insane. My favorite story I love to tell is, and, and he still laughs at brought up, the last thing he ever said to our class was he looked at all of us. We were sitting outside as he was locking up, and he looked around everybody, and he said, safe travels, good luck to everyone. Please, all of you, please keep in touch. 
And then he turned, he looked at me and said, except for you. That was was the last thing he ever said to our class. That's awesome. Like, don't come back. I would have re-signed up for his class just to piss him off. Like, I'm going to sign up for another three and a half months just to annoy you. Or just came back the next day. (laughs) Like, wait, there's no class today? And then just walked out. Notebook in hand. Yeah, notebook in hand, like your gym bag. Like, oh, shit, we don't have class today? It's like, no, you graduated yesterday. That's at least what I would have did. Now, going back to your original question, Matt, but do you go by Team Storm because you are all graduates of Lance Storm's Academy? Yes. That was what we were known as when we walked through the door at the International Wrestling Cartel. It was one of those, that's what we were referred to as. We were the guys that just showed up, and there was no meeting between the three of us that said, this is what we're going to be called. It was just what people started referring to us as. And we said, you know what? If that's what they want to know us as, as the three guys that didn't train around here, fine. We'll gladly acknowledge that and rub it in your face. And that's kind of how that all started. How did you all connect? Was it just that continuous, uh, we're all graduates of Landstorm's Academy? Or was it just kind of, were you partnered up? Or did it just kind of flow organically? Very organically. What had happened was, First of all, I always like to set this straight because some people get this wrong. We all three did not train together. That is always a misconception. RC finished training the class before me. Jack had finished training a few years before both of us. And none of us had any connection with each other at all until I finished training and I came back. That was when this all happened. Um, And I think you premised that in your recent post, too. I always try to because there's always the misconception that we all train together. And it's it's just one of those things where three guys trained at the same academy at different times and wound up in the same place. And R.C. Dupree was someone who had tried to work with the International Wrestling Cartel before. He, I, I mean, he had a three-month head start on me, had shown up. And Jack had been wrestling for years in Pittsburgh and all over the, this entire area. When I showed up, I met RC and we began talking and it was a mutual, like, you know, when you walk into a room and you see someone with the same shirt as you on, immediately you're going to talk to that person. So it was, I wanted to work for the international wrestling cartel. RC wanted to work there and we put our heads together and we tried to break the door down the best we could to get in there. And through nagging and pestering and poking, it finally came down to it. Oh my God, just give them, give them a match. Fine. If they lose, they can leave. And that was when we began to have contact with Jack Pollock. And when we had we had a ladder match with Andrew Palace, and the stipulation was if Team Storm wins, we get to stay. So what better way to introduce Jack Pollock to the International Wrestling Cartel than to tell everybody, oh, by the way, we have a third guy. He also gets a contract. And now they've been stuck with us for, what, two and a half years now? Just ripping it up, too. I mean, trying th- to. I think we're doing a pretty darn tootin' good job. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually one of the, actually one of the ways that kind of drew me to. I, now I've seen you before, but what kind of drew me to the IWC International Wrestling Cartel was these promo videos that you had and just this concept. Now you have wrestling organizations and you have independent wrestling promotions all across the U.S., especially in the area that you're built from on cagematch.com, there's a hotbed 
of wrestling organizations in the Ohio area, in the Cleveland area, northeastern Ohio, Pittsburgh, all these places. The Midwest in general. It, it, yeah, in general. Even going as into West Virginia, into North yep. Carolina, all those areas. It's a hotbed. But there's not many that are doing the production value that the IWC is. And I know on our episode last week with Wardlow, I gave a lot of praise to Justin Plummer. And unfortunately, I'm going to continue doing it now because they are doing fantastic work. Oh, do we have to talk about Justin Plummer? God. We don't need to talk about Justin Plummer oh. in general. But Barf. the product that is being put out because of Team Storm makes it a thousand times better. Is that better? I love us. Yes. Continue yes. to compliment us. I will. I will. And there was this video that came out where it was literally introducing Team Storm to IWC, where here's RC and Jackson. They won contracts. Oh, wait, you know what? Here's someone else, too, that we forgot to mention. Yeah, Jack's but, here, too. Yeah, Jack's here, too. <laughs> Jack's here, too. Welcome, Team Storm. You go on this just rampage, literally just taking over the organization to now you guys carry all the gold. And you did it in one night. We did. We did all of it in one night. It was the best. We had such a great celebration after that. It was amazing. It was I mean, great. It was one of those things that was bound to happen. I mean, come on. You can only hold us down for so long. Blah, blah, blah. Underdog story, yada, yada, yada. End of the day, the, the tagline reads, Team Storm is awesome and everything. So, yes, it was, it was a great. We did it all in one night. We won the tag team championships. Jack Pollock won the World Heavyweight Championship. And then we partied like it was 1999, even though in 1999 I was just a little kid and didn't know what partying was. But anywho. It was a pretty fun we, year, I'm not going to lie. That's cool. Everyone was panicking about Y2K. So that's Let's cool. get some water and hide. Yeah. My family got together and drank at a bowling alley and had a millennium party. But we're Irish. I was in the basement and I shut off the power as soon as midnight hit just to freak out my family. <laughs> so I was in the basement and I hit the breaker You're in such the basement. An asshole. What? I wanted to make them think that Y2K was real. So as soon as they said, Happy New Year, I cut the power in the house. It was fucking great. It's over. It's like, we're all going to die. Stone Age. And Here then I come. just turned it back on and everything flipped back on. I'm like, sorry. <laughs> That that was one of my I'm proud of you. That was that, one of my greatest that's a good rib. That that was one of my best ribs I've ever pulled. Bringing into good. the new millennium with the with a top of the notch rib. Yeah. So that's that's what I did. That's how I brought in the new year. Moving on to a big event that's coming up now. Team Storm has taken over IWC, but with that gold comes new challenges. And there's a big event coming up on December eighth. Huge. Huge. And there's two matches in particular. Now, we premised one last week where Wardlow gets an opportunity at the heavyweight championship against mm. Jack Pollock. Mm. But whatever. Whatever is right. But more importantly, you have quite a challenge as you take on the main event. Now, yes, no strangers to Team Storm. No, not at all. So if you want to tell those individuals that aren't too aware, uh, of the relationship that you have, I'll give you the floor right now and kind of just bring everyone up to speed. I mean, let's be honest here. I'll start. I'll be kind of a nice guy. You've got Duke and Gannon, guys that call themselves the main event. Bravo, two fantastic physical specimens who, I will say, their very first night in the company became tag team champions. Congratulations. You had your big win. You had your moment. However, you are not the tag team champions right now those 
belong to myself and to R.C. Dupree. And like I mentioned, we, we've crossed paths with them forever. It's, it feels like since day one they've had a problem with us, we've had a problem with them. Great. But the, I think the real kicker here that people don't realize is that Team Storm versus TME 2-on-2 has never happened in IWC. It has never happened. There has always, always been a change. There has been a team added. There have been eight-man, six-man, singles, you name it. But this tag team match has never happened. And and, and the fact that our paths have crossed as many times as they had in this match has never happened honestly blows my mind. But what blows my mind even more is how exciting it's going to be when we finally prove once and for all that this match is happening and we're walking out with the tag team championships still over our shoulders and around our waist. And it's, it's, I, I, I don't like to give credit all the time, but Duke and Gannon are the biggest threat to myself and RC Dupree. So the way I see it, once we prove that we can beat them, we will undoubtedly be named the best tag team with no competition on the roster. That's and, my opinion. And we'll drink to that. Touche. Yeah, we, we, can't, we can't disagree with that. Yeah. And it's going to be a great event for those individuals that haven't attended an IWC event. Make sure to get out to it. It's December 8th. Tickets are still available. We have a link on our Instagram page where you can actually go and purchase those tickets. And who knows, good, good. you might see Matt and myself at the event as well. Come on up and say hi, and we'll be I there. I don't know why you wouldn't be there. I, I don't Everyone either. Everyone needs to be there. Oh, no, I'm I'm going to be there. Surprise. I'd love to be there, but Rock the House scheduled me three freaking days in a row. Oh, so bad that you got to work. Oh, my boo. gosh. Yeah, boo. Boo. And the one that I have to work with your ass. Yeah, on Friday. This is on Saturday. I know. That's what I'm saying. I requested off because I wanted to go to this event. So well, guess what? I I'm going to be driving my happy ass in my brand new car down to Pittsburgh. I'm going to make a night out of it. Well, Actually, no. i got to turn around and drive back. You suck. Like, just bring boo. a picture of me. Yeah, boo. I know. I can't help it. Boo. I need the job. It sucks. Yeah, no. I'm going. I know. Boo me. We'll Don't be BS. missing out not only on an amazing event, but I will go back. And, and touch on a little bit of what you had said about IWC in general, okay? Because we like, we in Team Storm like to run our mouths a lot and run down Justin Plummer and his entire family and, and the company. And that gets a little misconstrued at times. I have absolutely nothing but positive things to say about the international wrestling cartel as a product. You know, there is a reason that the three of us said we have to take over this company. You don't just show up somewhere and say, well, this isn't very good. We should be the best that there is at this point. No, we went to the best, the best company that there is and said, if we can get to the top of this company, then we will have proven how good we are. There's no reason that IWC isn't a household abbreviation, I shall say. The International Wrestling Cartel as a brand should be in every single house, on every Twitter feed, on every Instagram feed. Every post should be shared, every tweet retweeted, every photo liked. It is the pinnacle. It is the best wrestling company to work for. And the fact that we are sitting at the top of it makes me just all warm inside. But <laughs> All warm and fuzzy. 
It truly does. You're not allowed to laugh because you're not going. You're not going, so don't laugh. You're missing it. You're that was missing me it. blowing my middle finger out at you. It's fine. For the night, then, is to make sure that every person that shares the same air as you is following not only me, at Jackson Arios on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, but also the International Wrestling Cartel on all platforms of social media. Because it's content that needs out there. Yep. It's insane. It needs out there. And, and I'm sure I, 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 yes, you know what? I'll admit, I had a chance to listen to Mr. Delo, as I like to call him, on your last podcast. And he had the same things to say. And as much as I don't like him, I do respect his in-ring ability, and I respect what he's done. And I agree with him that this product needs out there more. My face needs to be more, more, more. It needs out there. And that is your job. If you're not going to be at the show, you better be singing my praises and singing the international wrestling cartel praises until you're blue in the face all right here's the deal anything you tweet that night i will retweet good can i hold does that good answer does that can, work can i literally get since, that in writing since i can't be there i tagged you in something three days ago and you haven't even liked it oh that's bull no that is truth i've been working for three days kiss my so ass. have i kiss mine <laughs> yeah well, when you two are sh- done fighting can we go back to complimenting me <laughs> yes, yes. So thank you, <laughs> ladies oh, and gentlemen. Shit. Getting Jackson back to Argus. it, Jackson Argus, <laughs> the number Your one. Ask me things. Ask me things. Well, I, I I have a question. <laughs> Outside of wrestling, what what else do you do? What are your hobbies? What are my hobbies and interests? Is this my new dating profile? Yeah, I mean, I know you like long walks on the beach with your title. We already know that Clearly. one. Clearly. <laughs> Clearly. Crashing well, weddings as well. Yes, wedding I, crashing. I crash weddings. I walk on the beach in my spare time. I'm a big, I'm a sci-fi nerd. Everyone knows I love Godzilla. I watch old school mystery science theater three thousand movies. Oh, those are. I great. mean, I'm a big fan of all that. Um, I read a lot of books. Believe it or not, interested in, in all things nerdy and dorky. Other than that, I love looking in the mirror. I mean, come on, <laughs> that's one of my favorite things to do. I spend most of my day. Working out, prepping my social media content, realizing how awesome I am, and if I have a minute or two to pop in an old sci-fi movie or read an old book, that's what I do. I do everything I can every single day to eat, sleep, and breathe wrestling. Nice. And that's what you need to do. And especially with the just overall the splash that you've made, whether it be and all these individuals that are listening right now, all of our followers, if you haven't checked out anything, one match in particular, which I found very funny, that it was actually sent to me by another individual. And we're not going to throw names out there, who it was. But sent me a particular match from the Super Indies between one Jackson Argus and John Grisham, which I replied to, seen it, because it's that great. Now, not to toot your own horn, which I'm going to anyway. Toot, toot. Good, you should. I'm going to. I'm going to. Good. That is a fantastic match. It is a per- uh, overall fantastic performance as well. Are, are we going to see you in the Super Indies coming up in 2019 as well? Okay, first of all, great match, terrible result. Don't want to talk about it. Still hate Jonathan Gresham, will the rest of my life. Don't care, hate him. Anyway, Super Indie, I don't know why I wouldn't be in Super Indie. I, I think the Super Argos tournament, as I you know, termed it for the evening, I think the Super Argos tournament needs Jackson Argos. Why wouldn't I be in the Super Indie tournament? I love seeing me. 
The tournament loves seeing me. I think I am destined to win the Super Indie Tournament, if I do say so myself. We do as well. Uh, and I might even put money on that, too. Yeah. We have a couple more questions for you. Now, Let's I'm excited. I am excited to see you defend your titles on December 8th. Matt, I'll probably just FaceTime you. It's fine. Yes. I'll FaceTime you. I will be there with a few things. I'll be there with a couple signs. But more importantly, I'll be there with my Team Storm flag, a.k.a. the wonderful Red Maple Leaf. Good. So you Good will call. not be able to miss me. But I'm a Fantastic. Li- unfortunately, I'm a little split. I'm not going to lie. The main event has me in a coin toss. So Why? Why? I don't know. I, I always like to support who we've had on the show. Now, I will always support Dupree and Jackson. That's not, that's not going to change. Hands down. But in the main event, I, I do have to go for previous guests as well. Now, I will be 100% honest saying that I am happy with any result, but... I'm not. I, I know you wouldn't be. I wouldn't expect you to be, but I, I'm a little torn. So I want to know, here's your opportunity, other than yourself. I know you like to stare at yourself in the mirror and hear people talk about you, but here's your opportunity to put other individuals over. Now, outside of IWC, you've been in a large majority of other promotions as well. You've probably wrestled with quite a few individuals. You probably haven't had an invisible wrestling match with an invisible person yet. Who are some names of some individuals outside of IWC and out even, you know what, we'll even include IWC, but outside of Team Storm, who are some individuals that you truly feel need a little bit more exposure, need to be on a wider scale, and need to be... Uh, taken to the next level. N- not necessarily taken to the next level, but just need that notoriety that they haven't unfortunately gotten. The but promotion. should have. The promotion. Well, the them. promotion, but also talent that you've worked with or you've worked alongside with. Who are some individuals that we should keep an eye out for? Jock Sampson. Jock- I don't care what anybody said. Jock Sampson should be on every single poster at every single show. I love you, Jock. I know you'll listen. You need to be everywhere. Blow up Jock Sampson everywhere. But if we're going outside of the IWC world, because I could sit here and put over the entire roster if you'd like me to. But, I mean, obviously Jack and RC are people that I love. But looking at, at other places that I've worked and other people I've um, let me think here. Who have I worked with at other companies? You know who I, I was not a fan of because they punched me in the face and, and, and they tried to, I don't want to say dethrone, I mean the titles were vacant, but working with both the, the Gymnasty Boys and also the Ugly Ducklings were two very formidable opponents that we happened to beat for the Remix Pro Tag Team Championships. But there's someone that, that you know, they held their own with Team Storm. So I, I, kudos to them. Two, f- two good tag teams. We've actually had the Gymnasty Boys on the show, actually. Yeah, big fans of yeah. uh, White Mike and Timmy Lou Redden. Yeah. Someone that I wrestled very early in my career that I would love to have the opportunity to punch in the face again is Matt Connard. The Reaper. Matt Connard is a man who has spent a long time in the wrestling industry and I think is sometimes, I don't want to say underrated, but I do think that people need to fear the Reaper a little bit more than they do. So that is someone who, I mean, it's been years. It's been probably two years since I stepped into the ring with Matt Connard, and I would love nothing more than to punch him in the face. Nice. So there, there's a, an outside name for you, but also has crossed paths with me. Oh, we're digging into my brain now to see who who have I 
cross. It's time for Who Does Jackson Argus Want to Punch in the Face? the punch in the face the most i have two names actually i want to punch jerry lawler in the face again and i'd love to punch ryback in the face again nice so there's uh, two names right there two names that you just said again, again. so you premise this at the beginning i want to know how jerry lawler or even ryback well we'll get to ryback in a second but how did jerry lawler crash your birthday party all right we're, we're going to talk about this we're going to get me fired up here's what happened okay the wheeling island casino decided that the international wrestling cartel needed to be in that building okay and the date happened to line up on my freaking birthday so i said if we're gonna be in my hometown on my birthday i'm having a birthday party and then it was announced that jerry lawler would be signing autographs and making an appearance so i made it very very clear that the spotlight needs to be on me Jerry Lawler was not invited to my birthday party. You know what he did? He showed up and he shoved my freaking face into a cake and ruined my night. And then, and then the jerk decides that we're going to have a match to end the night. And I said, you know what, Jerry? I will punch you in the face. I will kick you in the throat. I will do everything I have to do. And you know what? Things didn't go exactly according to plan. I took a pile driver and I got beat in my hometown on my freaking birthday. But all I have to say in regards to that is it was a very young, very inexperienced Jackson Argos. And if the day ever comes where Jerry Lawler wants to try and crash one of my parties again, I will punch him in the face. I will hit the Jackson 5. I will hit a brainstorm. And I will pin him in the middle of the ring. End of discussion on Jerry freaking Lawler. What a dick. I love that. What a dick. On your birthday, in your hometown. I hate him. Yeah. What about Ryback? What happened with Ryback? Well, Ryback decided to stick his nose in Team Storm's business when Jack Pollock was in the middle of dealing with Andrew Palace. So then we go to Meadville and we get Team Storm versus Andrew Palace and Ryback. For whatever reason, Ryback sticks his nose in our business. Then he decides to beat me up, hit me with a shell shock. First of all, First of all, Ryback, I hate you. I don't like you. I never want to see you again. But every time I see you, I want to punch you more and more. And, and that, that's how Ryback ties into my life. Because Ryback wrestled a very young Jackson Argos, about, yeah, we'll say nine or ten months into my career. And he got lucky. And again, if ever given the chance, I'll punch him in the face again. His face is very punchable, Ryback's. We've heard that from a lot of people. Yeah, He's I got mean, a very punchable mm-hmm. face. Tough guy. Very fantastic, but you know what? You don't put your hands on me and get away with it. Your day will come, Mr. Back. (laughs) (laughs) First name Rye, last name Back. Two individuals that want to get punched in the face right there, but anyone else in our segment here of Jackson Argos, who's getting punched in the face? I'll punch anybody in the face. I'll punch Wardlow in the face. I don't care. He was just on your show last week. I'll punch Wardlow in the face. I'm the uh, hey. Here's a fun fact, Mr. Delo. Who's the only member of Team Storm you've never beaten one-on-one? This guy right here. So if I ever see Mr. DeLoe in a dark alley, I'm going to knock him out. If I see him in a ring, I'm going to knock him out. I'd love to punch Mr. DeLoe in the face. I'd love to beat Jonathan Gresham again. I would love to get in the ring and and destroy Jonathan Gresham for the umpteenth time. Wouldn't bother me one bit to do that. Umpteenth time. Umpteenth time. Yes, umpteenth. (laughs) I'd love to get back into the ring with Shane Taylor. 
I would love to get back into the ring with Shane Taylor and show him that I'm better than I was the last time we stepped into the ring. That's another guy I'd love to punch in the face. There, I could list so many names. There are so many guys. And here, let me let me say this as well. I don't want to punch guys in the face just for the sake of punching them in the face. I want to punch them in the face because I know how good they are. I know how good the guys I step into the ring with are. So me getting one up on them makes me better. I'm not a bully just going around wanting to punch people for no reason. I want to punch the best that there is all over the ring. That's my goal. I look up and down every roster, and whoever I think is the best, whoever I think is going to get in my way, I want to punch them as soon as I can. I want to beat them as soon as I can and hold it over their head for as long as I live. I love that. I love that That's mentality. That's hunger. Hunger. Yeah. You just want to punch people in the face. Well, I don't blame you. You, you just yeah. want to fight. I like that. I like that mentality. Yeah. But Why wouldn't I? At yeah. what age do you think you started wanting to punch people in their face? Oof. That's a great question. Thank you. Probably during my teenage angst when I realized that I was fat and it was reminded to me daily that I was fat, I began to grow aggression. And then after, after I, I finished playing football and I didn't have that outlet to release my aggression, I think that's when I began to feel the need to punch people in the face. Yeah, see, I was 16, and I ended up punching a stair and broke my pinky off my hand and cost myself wrestling career and collegiate wrestling. So I, I just was curious because I love punching people in the face too, and I just needed to do the right hand motion instead of giving myself a boxer's fracture. And Did you, you say that you... Th- did you say that you punched a stair? Dude, I was pissed off walking up the steps, and I literally just, like, uppercut the steps and gave myself a boxer's fracture. He's so bright, no wonder his dad called him son. <laughs> what an idiot. Dude. You've never told me that story. Yeah, I was. Yeah, look at where I have that scar. I had a pin in my hand for o- over a year. You are an idiot. Yes. Dude, it was my. Punch I was going to be someone. varsity. It was my junior year. I was going to be varsity. And the week that wrestling starts, I punch my freaking pinky off my hand. Genius. <laughs> my dad <laughs> literally wanted me to fail, fail my senior year and go back and wrestle for another year. He's like, why don't you just fail? That's great parenting. Well, because he Wait. wanted me to be a state champ. Let's talk to a real state champion. I won four state championships in football, and I was a part of a uh, track and field team that won states. Let's focus on what did you? What did you do? What did, what did you do in track? I ran shuttles, and I also ran the open 400. Oh, wow. wow. So you did the whole lap. I was more of a yeah, 100. It, I didn't like yeah, the four. It, that it was too long. I did shot and discus. Hey, here's, here's a question, because this is where I, I, Marcus Mann always says that I'm the easiest person to interview because I'll ask my own questions. How about I ask the two of you, who are some names that you'd like to see me punch in the face? Uh, oh. Patrick, my co-host. Matt, my co-host. <laughs> two names that come right to my mind right now. I would um, if I was to if I was to say some individuals that w- I would like to see in the ring with with Jackson Argos right now. Uh, I mean, we can go down the line of some of our some of our guests. Maybe Keita, Keita Murray, and him. Keita Murray. He had a hell of a weekend. So yeah, yeah that, that'd be a. Great I mean match. that that'd be a great match. Get Keita Murray in the ring with Jackson. Um, How about Madman Fulton? Do you know Fulton? Oh, kick the shit out of him! Because Patrick hates Fulton. Fuck Fulton. Kick the shit out of Madman Fulton. I, I I'll pay you. Sawyer to do that. Fulton, Madman Fulton. You know him? Yes, I can do that. Yes, please. I'll fight anybody. I, I love it Jackson. A, it was a curiosity. I'll fight anybody. I don't care. I don't care my size. I don't care my stature. I don't care my experience. Put me in the ring with him. I don't care. 
I will find a way to win. I will find a way to annoy them. I will find a way into their head. I will steal their knowledge, and I will move on with it. That's the goal. That's a great goal to have. But I, I already like that you said that you'll just do that. So I'm going to – I might need to book you for something. And maybe maybe a slap bat and just, like, you show up at another promotion. You just walk out and just punch someone in the face and say, slap bat, and then you just walk away. Sure. Why not? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if it gets on Twitter, I mean, did you really do anything wrong? I mean, no. if it gets exposure, exactly. So we we got to think of it from that perspective. We yeah. can just we can just start sending him names and like, hey, he's going to be here this night. Just go punch him in the face. Yeah, I want. I'd like to get back into the ring and punch Anthony Henry and James Drake in the face. And that was one name I was going to bring up too, James yeah. Drake. James, I would love to punch James Drake in the face again. Uh, himself and Anthony Henry had the chance. To come to Pittsburgh, they tussled with Team Storm. I'd love to punch them both in the face. I love that hunger about you. I do. Like, I love me too. I, I, it is awesome. I, I love. This I is, love Jackson Argos. I just like somebody that also just likes to. It just has the the desire to just punch people in the face. Hey, there's a stairwell outside. How about you go? Punch hey, why it? don't you kiss my ass? How about that? All I don't right. punch stuff that's not faces. Moving anymore. on right now. Dick. Once again, Moving let's on. focus. More questions. More questions. More questions. More questions. What's next? Like what? I know December eighth, you've got the big match. What's after that? Like in it's a big event. It's not a big match. It's a well, big it's event a big that event, you're not going to. Shut up. But what can we expect other than punching a lot of people in the face in 2019? Whether we pay you to do so or you just do it uh, because just you for want fun. to, <laughs> just for fun. Of course. But what should we expect from Team Storm and also Jackson Argos going into 2019? We have time to talk about Revenge Pro Wrestling in Erie, Pennsylvania, a blossoming new promotion that has taken over the Erie area. Myself, RC, and Jack have had our time there. We're going to continue to go there. I believe we're there December 29th. We're there. We're going to beat everybody up that night. It doesn't matter. Revenge Pro Wrestling is a great company we work for. We've also spent time with Premier Championship Wrestling in, in Cleveland. I've spent my fair share with Ohio Championship Wrestling in Akron. A- anywhere that I feel like going to, anywhere that will have me, is where I'll be in 2019. I said that 2018 would be the beginning of the era of Argos. And then the next thing I know, I, I'm three championships and two Rookie of the Year trophies later, no one's doubting what I had said. And in 2019, it's going to be an even bigger year. Every time people think I'm going to slow down, it's not going to happen. So it's going to be a big year. And there's a lot of, a lot of surprises in store. Maybe I'll show up new places. Maybe I'll appear at old places. You never know. Dude, I literally live 10 minutes from Akron, just so you know. Great. So if you come I- to Akron... Please let me know. You'll probably be working that night so, anyway. Well, okay, well, if it's a certain job, can we I just, can call off. Can we just talk about Yeah, I just want to watch him wrestle, and I can't on December 8th. So well, you should have came with me. When, you should have came with me when he was up here just recently. Yeah, well, you know, I I'm like, hey, sure I was working. Yeah. I, have this, I have this weekend job, which screws my weekends, but it'll be slowing down in January. So I'll have three months. Perfect. Now, we do, have, we do have one more question for you before we let you off the line. And it's Absolutely. become a staple of this show. And I, I hope you have a good answer. I, I, I think the, I really will. think that you will. Oh, yeah. I, I have no doubt that you're going to no. have a great story for us here. But, Matt, take it away. All right. So we ask every guest on every show because we're goofballs and we like pranks. So we want to know, what is your best rib story? Either one that you've done to somebody, one that's been done to you, or one that you've seen done to somebody else. 
rib story. Now, here's the problem with, with rib stories. It's difficult for me to tell a lot of my rib stories because I tend to, I tend to pull off my ribs anonymously. I tend to do them so the person gets ribbed and is constantly wondering who did this. And I let them know later on. But I'm trying to think of a couple that I could actually delve into. <clears throat> One of my favorites, it's not necessarily a rib. It's just someone I like to pick on. But I, I tend to travel every now and then with the heir apparent Chris LaRusso. And Chris LaRusso is someone that I won't say has a short fuse. I will say he has a short fuse with me. And there have been countless times where Mr. LaRusso has been trying to sleep. And I've taken upon myself to, in his slumber, suddenly decide to put him in a half crab. And it's one of my favorite things to do is wait till Chris is tired and comfy and I just start screwing with him. <laughs> and it, it, it has cost me a lot of restless nights because there was one night, my favorite story was Chris and I had to share a hotel room. And Chris was on edge. And at about five in the morning, I was struck in the face while I was sleeping because I was in proximity to Chris and he thought that I was going to do something in his sleep. And he punched me in the face while I was asleep. And I woke up and looked across and he was just staring at me with his fist cocked. And I didn't say a word. He didn't say a word. I just rolled over the other way. And the next morning at breakfast, I said, what was that all about? And he said, I woke up and you just looked like you were going to do something. And I said, in my sleep, and he said, yes. That's some fucking paranoia right there, dude. That is like, you have got him so I'm not paranoid. passing out around Jackson. That's for damn sure. My God. Well, we've had some people that have revealed their their ribs on our show, but that, that's that's good. I like that you have somebody that's like You make someone river. so paranoid that they don't even want to sleep. They're like dead tired. They're, they're like, just gonna, well, they're like, well I better he's going to mess with me. I better punch him first. Yeah, I'm going to punch him now. It's kind of like when my wife wakes up, like she has a bad dream, and I do something horrible in the dream, and she just wakes up and then punches me. It's like, you know why. It's like, no. Melissa gets so mad at me. She's like, you left with that one again. I'm like, it's a effing dream. Yeah. It's not even a real person half the time. Yeah. So I get punched when I'm sleeping, too. So. Yep. Mine's usually Braden, though, the four-year-old. Because he comes in the bed, and he sleeps like a freaking animal. Yeah, no, I just get punched because I do something wrong in my wife's dream or something like that. I don't know. But if you want to follow along, you want to continue along, find out where you can find him in new places and old places, find out where he's punching people in the face as well. You can find him on Twitter at Jackson Argos. That is J-A-X-O-N-A-R-G-O-S. Same thing on Instagram as well. Uh, do you have a Facebook fan page or just a, a general Facebook page? I have a general Facebook page, but there's also one form people always tend to forget to throw out there, prowrestlingtees.com slash Jackson Argos. Go buy some T-shirts, buy some merchandise, look as cool as I do wearing what I wear. Well, that's what I was going to bring up next, but for some odd reason, I thought you were going to bring up your MySpace page. Mm. I thought you were going to throw out your MySpace. Like, there's one that people always forget about. You can find me on yeah. MySpace yeah. at this. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> Make it still... in my top ten this week. You know, there, there's one question that I've always wanted to ask. It's kind of an off-the-wall question, but it, it's something that many people probably don't know about you that haven't seen you. What's your entrance music? Our entrance music is actually a variation of the song O Canada 
by the band, the Canadian band Classified. And you can find our entrance music on my YouTube channel. There you it go. Is there. There you go. I love your entrance music. That's why I wanted to ask. And people need to go to that YouTube channel and watch your matches yes, and listen please. to your entrance music and find out if you don't already know, because you've obviously been living under a rock, who Jackson Argus is and why you should be watching his matches and watching him punch people in the face. And also follow along with IWC as well and can, all the wonderful content that they have. Because not only is it just... Here's this match, here's this match, here's this match. The buildup that they have, yes, Jackson hit the nail right on the head. They should be a household name. They should be the most talked about independent promotion that's out there. Unfortunately, at this point in time, they're big, but they're not as big as they need to be. Is is the show on December 8th going to be on the Fight Network or anything? That's. I, I will plug this. I will say uh, Mr. Michael Sorg, who runs IndieWrestling.us, that is where all of our content is available. He also now, they're streaming on Vimeo. They're, uh, indie Wrestling has been fantastic. They bring me on for their podcasts all the time. And when I say they bring me on, I mean I call them and say I'm coming on, then they have to deal with it. <laughs> and also, while I'm saying this, I should also plug, I'm getting text messages from Jack Pollock, and, and I told him that I'm busy at the moment, and I said, I will talk about you. And before I could even click send, he said, are you talking about me? I said, yes. <laughs> and let's see. And he said, uh, talk about how we are the prettiest champions in IWC history, and Chick should look him up on his Bumble and Tinder. So. There you go. There's your Jack, there's your Jack Pollock oh. plug for the evening. That was awesome. Oh, man. An evening I with Jack Pollock. I to that, yes. A romantic yes, evening I, with Jack Pollock for all the ladies and, and out while, there. I was also texting RC before I got on, and, and I, I was told this is how fantastic he is. I, 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 he, t- he actually takes the time to text me if I'm texting him a lot. Because what I like to do is I text Jack and RC all day. I send them books. And a lot of times I get antsy. And if they don't answer me right away, I send them very angry text messages with, I know you're reading this. So RC now has to text me and tell me. He says, hey, I'm going to charge my phone while I'm cooking dinner. If I don't respond fast, that's why. So I think it's pretty funny that these two have to actually let me know that they're busy because they know I'm going to get angry at them if they don't answer me right away. <laughs> You're just like me. Yeah. Like, Matt still hasn't replied to a text I sent him on Friday. Which one? I don't About know. what we need to do on the show? It, it had something. To, yeah. I read it. I just didn't th- feel like it needed yeah, a response. You're, wow, you're a prick. <laughs> So I'm right there with you. Like I, I can think of someone I want to punch in the face right now. He's but, sitting across from him. <laughs> but once again, Jackson Argos, ladies and gentlemen, thank, thank you so you. much for coming on. I know it's been a couple months in the making, but we, we appreciate the hell out of you, and good luck with everything you're doing in IWC. And, and we can't wait to see you pop up and, and punch a couple people in the face in the meantime as well. Yeah, and anytime you're in Northeast Ohio, please let us know because – I will try. Why don't you and get just off follow it? him on Instagram and Thank get an Instagram? I don't have an Instagram, but I. Will Why does he got to sure reach out to Twitter. you? I'll make sure I check on Twitter. He's he's got social media, so you can I follow know, along. So how about you just do the work yourself? I tell, I tell people all the time. I say, if you follow me on Instagram, you follow me on Twitter, and you still don't know where I'm at, you clearly aren't checking your phone. I'm still crying over here, man. That was I, hilarious. Yeah, I can't. I can barely breathe. I'm still catching my breath from it. That was one of the funniest <laughs> interviews we've ever done. That was the most I've laughed in a while, for damn sure. Yeah. That's he, no wonder, like, it, it was a good reality check to find out how off track we normally get in interviews. No one ever corrects us. No, Walk no. in Jackson Argos 
who yeah. just like, can we talk about me for a second? Yeah. So, hell of an interview. Loved every second of it. I hope you guys did as well. But that's going to do it for this week's episode. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast. Click that little button at the bottom. Leave us a rating as well. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out to us on Twitter and Instagram. Send us a picture. Let us know that you're enjoying yourself as well. Be sure to follow us on Twitter. You can find us at DarkMatchPC. On Instagram at DarkMatchPodcast. On Facebook at the Dark Match Podcast. We also have some exciting new news coming as well. Some new additions coming to the Dark Match Podcast that are going to be picking up soon. So keep an eye and an ear out for that as well. Once again, that's going to do it for us here. Hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving. Yeah. And we hope to see you guys soon. And uh, I think there's only one thing left to say. I can't remember what it is, though. Boom. Boom.